Hi, I'm Jill, and you've landed on the Grow Like a Mother podcast. This is a place where we lean into all things motherhood and personal growth. We talk about the good, bad, and ugly in a way that's real and relatable. Whether I'm interviewing guests or sharing my own wisdom and learnings, this is half an hour for you. Put this on in your car or on a walk, while you're doing chores, wherever it fits into your life and give yourself the gift of prioritizing yourself. You'll hear tips and tricks and tactics to help you get aligned with the version of you that doesn't just go by the name mom. You'll hear my methods of time ownership and goal achievement and learn how to master your mindset and tune into your intuition. These are the things that can create true transformation in how you navigate life and take you from feeling overwhelmed to in control. This is Motherhood Mixed with Woo. Thanks so much for joining me. Let's dive in. Hey, welcome to the Grow Like a Mother podcast. I'm so glad that you're here for another week. I am so excited to welcome you back or welcome you to the show for the first time. This is a place where we talk about all things growth for moms. And that doesn't necessarily mean in motherhood. That doesn't necessarily mean in our relationships. That can mean in our careers, in our spirituality, in our interests and our hobbies and our learnings and in all areas of growth that we want to explore. And so I am bringing you today a topic that we wouldn't normally see in a podcast on personal development, but I have a design coach joining me and she is an interior decorator and we had an amazing conversation with regards to how you can create space in your home that reflects the energy of you and that is utilizing um, the space that you have, but also bringing in the purposefulness and the functionality of a space and marrying it with the joy and really how you can um, use different elements and different um, pieces to be able to bring that joy in. And Claire is really here to guide you in terms of pioneering that for yourself. So I'm really excited to bring you today um, a one-on-one design coach and she's a new mom, so she's in the thick of this with us. So um, without further ado, please welcome Claire to the Grow Like a Mother podcast. Welcome Claire to the Grow Like a Mother podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Jill. Thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. And I would love if you could just do a quick introduction to the audience on who you are and what it is that you're doing. That you do. Absolutely. Um, I am an interior decorator, self-taught, um, and I am kind of in this phase where I'm transitioning to, I'm calling it a design coach. I don't know if that's really a thing, but I'm wanting to help people more one-on-one figure out their style and what works for their home and have, and help them figure out how to do it themselves instead of relying on a designer. And I'm also a brand new mom. I have a five month old baby girl. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I didn't know that. Congratulations. That's super (laughs) cool. Very cool. So you're doing all the things at once. I'm trying. It's not easy. (laughs) No, it's never easy. It's especially not easy when they're small like that, but um, 
that's kind of the balance, right? That's, that's the whole reason I do this podcast is like, it's not easy. And if we can find the tools and the resources to help us like go through things quicker or in a more efficient way or find the right person to help us with the thing, I'm all about that and building community around that. So yeah, in the right yes. place. I love, I love that you do this and focus on that specifically for moms. I feel like it gets so lost sometimes. I've con- I confided in, I've made some new friends who aren't moms. And I said, you know, I'm secretly so grateful to have you guys because sometimes you just don't want to talk about being a mom. You know, you're like, I need a break from just talking about being a mom or my, you know, birth story or my kid. I need to talk about me and my dreams just a little bit. I need a little time to be selfish. Yeah. And it's not selfish. It's a remembrance, right? It's like a coming back home to like, you, you were a person for 20 or 30 years before you had a kid, right? Like still that person. And it's just finding that, that remembrance. I like to kind of call it and falling back in alignment because being a mom, it's going to take over your whole world. You don't have to look for that. You know, you have to look for you. So yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. 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 So kudos to you for doing that. And um, I love that you are bringing to us today some ideas on how we as moms, as crazy, chaotic, unorganized moms can maybe learn to take care of our space better. Because like, for me, I'll give you my backstory a little bit. I moved into so I went from being married with two kids and having like a four bedroom house and a dog and all that in January last year to in um, well now January again, I'm in a two bedroom condo with my two kids part-time, no dog working at a different job. I'm in a different end of town. Like everything is different. We went through the um, it to be honest, it was an easy task for us to like divvy up all of the household things, but I find myself trying to create a space that's mine. Mm-hmm for the first time in 12 years. And I'm not at all a creative type of person. That's not true. I shouldn't say that. I'm not a design oriented creative. I'm much more of like a, an auditory creative. So the visual design appeals to me, but I don't know even where to start. So like, how would you, how would you guide me as this person into like, where do I even look to start? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I'm glad you're asking it like that. Cause I think Sometimes it's so hard to explain what I do and what I'm trying to kind of get out there to people that it's important to approach design this way. And it's easier just to kind of start to guide you through it. And then people, you know, understand a little bit more what it is and why you should be doing it. So um, kind of cliche, but I always start with mindset. Like if you try step back and stop thinking about it as, where do I need to put this couch? Where do I need to put this rug or what color rug should I get? What, you know, what am I going to put on this wall there and think more about the space and what is it? So pick a space really quick. Living room, my living room. Yeah. So what, what do you want to do in the living room? What do you already do? And what do you want to do? Okay. So are you talking in terms of activities that I want to be doing? Okay. Yeah. So like spending time with your family, your kids, Yeah. So I spend, it's kind of an open concept here. So my kitchen is open to the living room and sort of off there is a little, I've got a little play area for the kids. So it's multifunctional. I've got the entertaining space where you've got the kitchen. And if I have friends over, we kind of sit here. Um, We have the, um, the couch entertainment. So I sit, if I ever remember watching a movie or something, it's there. Um, If I have 
people over for a cup of coffee or my parents are visiting, we're sitting on the couch, the kids are in the mix when they're here, their space kind of encroaches on to <laughs> the grown up space. So I try yes. to maintain like a grown up space when I'm by myself. And then let the kids kind of take over when they're here, but it feels like I, I'm never tidied up. I think. Right. Yeah. Yes. No, I totally understand that. And that's difficult. And, um, in one room having different spaces, but it's so necessary and, you know, we have to do that in every single room. So I have kind of a breakdown of different space purpose classifications. Um, so based on what you said, part of it is, let's see. I would say a gathering space. So I've got gathering, organizational, um, motivational, and relaxing. And, you know, they mix and match a little bit, but the gathering is a a hub. So it's meant to bring friends and family together and to foster relationships. And um, it might be weird to think your space can actually do that, but it can. There's research out there that... um, natural textures like woods and um, leathers and you know textures based in nature actually attract people to come and spend time in a space that's why you know we have fireplaces in a living room it's kind of going back to like our caveman roots of wanting to gather around natural elements so in that area where you're wanting to have coffee or spend time with people, you know, think about incorporating natural elements and focusing on natural colors, you know, obviously everyone has their own style. If you really want a hot pink velvet couch, like don't let me stop you. But, you know, for somebody who's trying to figure all this out and who wants to focus on the purpose, not just um, having something look pretty, like that's where I would say to start with that part. And then for the kids area, Let's see. So that's probably a little bit between gathering because they're playing together and organizational because there's toys and everything. Most rooms need an organizational aspect to it. And so when you think about an organizational space in your living room, I like to challenge you to try and think of yourself as a bystander. Like you don't want to be using it all the time. You don't want to be constantly having to organize it. So what are things that you can do to make it be something that you can pass by and not have to spend a lot of time doing, you know, and something obvious is like a basket that you throw toys in or um, just easy ways to organize, but, you know, you can go a lot more in depth and say, okay, what is it that's getting messy? And, you know, what are the root causes of that is, and, and try to get at those specifics are there ways that you can set things up that helps the kids organize it themselves that like encourages them you know by setting things up in a specific way so that's kind of an example of how we would I would try and get things started with you for that for that space I love that and I like that you start with mindset because that's where I start too I think that's where everything stems from for everything in our lives right um that's a great idea and I really love the idea of bringing the natural elements in Um, Because where I kind of get stuck too is like, I focus a lot on the functionality of the space Mm -hmm. and I don't leave myself an opportunity to um, indulge in the joy of the space. Yeah. So how can I like, how can I open myself up to the opportunities to bring things in that are going to maybe still serve a purpose, 
because uh, I don't like to have a lot of extras, but that that are going to really bring me some joy, you know? Yeah, no, that's a great one. So when it comes to that um, and, you know, like kind of small, smaller decor things, I think usually accomplishes that. Um, it's good to think about them in terms of are, are you going to have a relationship, if you will, with that item? Is there going to be an interaction? You know, is it just something that's going to sit there and look pretty? Okay. I don't think that that's something that's right for you, but, um, a candle, like that's something that you light, you're having an interaction with it and that brings you into the space. Right. And it creates, you know, it brings in a um, scent, which is one of your senses. And that's really important. And just the act of, I love to say light a match, don't do a lighter, <laughs> lighting a match and then lighting the candle. That's just something that can help you settle in and be like, okay, am I ready to spend time in this space? Um, same with plants. I mean, just watering the plant is part is interacting with it. You know, you're having a relationship with the space. You're taking care of it. There's something, even though it's very simple, it's, it's something more than just trying to decorate a coffee table right so thinking of little things that you enjoy doing not giving yourself like a long to-do list or anything but little things you enjoy doing I mean it can even be as simple as a coffee table book right that you maybe don't look through very often but it's got pretty pictures and every once in a while you flip it open and you're like oh yeah you know I forgot I used to like to do photography on the side or, or something like that just a reminder so thinking about small things that you enjoy and things that are pleasing to you when you look at them and some sort of interaction there um, and kind of sprinkling those throughout the space, I think can help you find more joy in it and not be so function heavy. The function is definitely important, but you're right. It is also important to enjoy and feel like the space is supporting you and is pretty and is welcoming is just as important. <laughs> yeah. And I've never heard it described like that, where you have a relationship with the thing so that there's an interaction and exchange of energy and there's like mm -hmm. a purpose and a joy mixed in. I love that. I'm like, yeah. I don't know if you can see me. I'm like furiously taking, taking notes. notes here. Yeah. I'm so glad. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> one thing I wanted that it just popped into my head that I wanted to ask you about is yeah. colors. Like yes. how do you help people start to understand what colors they like or want if you don't know? Yeah. So um, one thing I do is I have a big, basically PDF of color palettes. So that's always a really good place, you know, that I have people start and be like, just pick one. Um, but besides that, going back to the purpose classifications that I have, there are certain colors that help achieve the different things. So there's definitely a balance of not going so function heavy on colors because you still need to like them but for a relaxing space which is typically a bedroom or maybe you know part a, a part of a living room or something like that blue is proven to be through experiments and research um uh relaxing and calm you down so i love recommending blue in a bedroom um and then back to the gathering space, those natural colors. So browns, beiges, greens, um, deep, deeper colors, you know, jewel tones do really well. And they still kind of have that natural element instead of not so much pastels, you know, in a space where you want to come together, that's not quite as attractive. Um, so 
I try to balance, okay, what kinds of colors are you drawn to starting with the color palette and thinking about what colors do you wear? I mean, that's the easiest place to start is those are the colors that you like if you're willing to wear them. That doesn't always translate to a space, but sometimes it does. And then thinking about the purposes and saying like, okay, which one of those sounds um, sounds good to you? you? know, Which one of those is, draws you in? That's fantastic. All these are really good ideas. And now I'm feeling so inspired to actually transform my space and do something with it. But oh, um, that makes me so happy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm the type of personality that tends to go all in and go like overboard on a new idea. So I know I have to rein myself back in. Yes. Um, I'll give now, you one more tip then really quick. If you are yeah. going to the most important place to start and the biggest impact you can make in a room is on the walls and not necessarily just paint. So obviously also art, but making the walls more um, purposeful, more intentional, more part of the space. So you probably see a lot more like paneling and wainscoting these days. Um, it's becoming more trendy. And I love that because it really, it makes the walls more important. It's not just a flat piece of drywall right, that you hang a piece of art on you know you're creating either like built-in shelves or you're putting up some paneling that makes the wall stand out without only using color so bringing that like texture and different kinds of functionality onto the wall will be a great place to start and you'd be surprised how much it really changes a room and you know what that's so true because my dad and stepmom just did something like that in their living room where they did like I guess like rectangles to sort of texture the walls. Yeah, it looks really yeah. cool. And in their bedroom, they've got like a like wood that they whitewash. I don't know. They do all oh, this cool. stuff and it looks great. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I always say you can have the best furniture, the best layout. And if your walls are white with nothing on them, it's not going to look good. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's true. Because they take up the most of the room probably yeah. too, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Square footage on the walls is way more than the floor. Yes. <laughs> And actually speaking about square footage, it would, do you recommend, of course, probably you do different strategies for small spaces versus big spaces? Cause I've, as I mentioned, found myself in less space than I'm used to. And so are there strategies that I can keep in mind when I'm thinking about what to do with smaller space? Yeah. I'm so glad you said that actually, because I've recently realized I've only ever kind of been in smaller spaces. And so I'm, realize I really need to focus on that more and help people who are in smaller spaces because that's my expertise. I've had clients in the past in bigger spaces, but I've just realized I'm not as good at it because I've never lived in a really big space. I've lived in apartments and now we're in a small family home, but all the spaces are small. And I personally love that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with big spaces. So um, I'm really glad you asked that, but yeah, definitely kind of what we were talking about before of creating different spaces in the same room. So, you know, use all the square footage that you have. If you are in a small space, use that corner and use the hallway. I love using hallways, like get an entryway table and like put your workout gear in it. So it is accessible on your way out the door, you know, small things like that, where you can like set yourself up for success just by using your space. Um, so yeah, I would just say, think about all the little corners in each space and be like, what can I put there? That's not going to make it look cluttered, but that's going to help encourage me to do something, you know, and, um, and try and get creative with it. Like we don't have a 
coat closet in this house. And so my husband and I have been like, it's driving us nuts because our shoes are just all over the stairs. As soon as you walk in, we're like, we have to figure something out. There's nowhere to put a coat closet in. And he came up with this great idea. I'm so excited about it. Our stairway is, there's two walls on either side, but it's a little wider than normal. So he said, why don't we put shoe cubbies up along the side, kind of in a stair pattern, then we can shove shoes in there quickly and easily right that kind of bystander you're just walking by throwing shoes in the cubby hold but because it's a cubby and it's structured it's not gonna look messy so that's a new project on our list and I'm really excited about that and I was like that's a great idea I'm so proud of you (laughs) that is a good idea it sounds like you have a good partner in crime there I do yeah he's very creative so that's amazing helpful yeah (laughs) and um, I just want to acknowledge something that you said that's so important too in that using it all kind of comes back and ties into the purposefulness of the space and making sure that you're using it but having those um, set up so that you can access like you would reference your gym stuff so that that's something I'm always talking about to help people get through um, the beginning sticky parts of developing a new habit is you need to have things that make it easy to do the habit, Mm -hmm. make it easy, make, you know, have your gym stuff at the front door. So, you know, you're going to grab it every time or make sure whatever is in the same place every time so that you're going to remember where it is and the muscle memory is going to take over and you're going to go to that thing, even when you're not thinking about it. And all those different things can really tie into the habit. So using your space to um, to support you in, in a new habit or a new goal is really cool too. I love yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. your space goes so much more beyond, you know, a room. I know we kind of talked about it, but th- thinking about more health-related ones, um, I like to keep a very healthy cookbook open on my kitchen counter. So your kitchen counter is a space. You know, if you're not utilizing that for important stuff, you're missing out because that is a great place, great space to use to encourage you to do certain things. And I found if I just have it open on a healthy recipe while I'm like waiting for the microwave to heat up my unhealthy popcorn or something, I'm looking at that recipe. And then next time I go to the grocery store, I know what I need to get for it. And I'm like, okay, I will actually cook this healthy recipe now because it's been open on my counter. I've been looking at it for days. So, you know, just putting things in front of you, but I chose one that's pretty. So, you know, it's displayed out and it looks like it's just there to be fancy, but it's really there to help me eat healthier. So there's just so many little things, like you said, you can do to make it easier on yourself passively. Mm -hmm. So many fresh perspectives that I'm hearing today. This is blowing my mind, this conversation. I love it so much. I'm so glad. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. This is a lot of fun. Good. I'm having a great time too chatting with you and I feel like I could just go on and on forever. Um, But as we wrap up, is there one thing that you would say if you could tell everybody and make sure that everybody understood about their space and making it theirs and starting this design journey, what would be sort of the one thing that you would want everyone to know? That's a hard one, but I think I would say, and I was just working on this with the client, which I think is why it comes to mind. And it was so impactful talking with her is that you should use your space to inspire you. So we're setting up her office to inspire her to do her work. We're putting up portraits of people that she finds inspirational and putting, incorporating colors that are from, you know, these hiking memories that she has and all these things that like bring her so much joy so that when she sits down at her desk, her mind is like ready to do her work and do what she's meant to do in this world. 
And I think it's just so like your space reflects you, but it also affects your mind so much more than you realize. Um, and it, I think it kind of gets shoved very bottom of the list after finances, health, relationships, you know, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, like if you're in a space that is inspiring and promoting you to meet your goals, like all those things will become easier. Sounds kind of crazy, but it's so true. So I think just if anything, take a step back, you know, maybe I, I realized as a new mom, while I'm sitting there nursing my baby, I'm spending so much time just sitting there staring at my space. And it is a great time if you're in that place in your life to reconsider how your space is affecting you and how you can change it to help you do the things that you really want to do those things that you aren't doing. So, you know, that you just haven't gotten to yet. So. Yes. Oh, I love that. Such wisdom. Thank you so much, Claire, for being here. This is amazing. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad. I hope that, you know, people can get a little bit inspired to make some changes in their homes. I'm sure that they will. And if they want to reach out and work with you, how can they find you? Um, My business is called Trim Spaces. So Trim has the dual meaning of organizing and decorating. Um, And so trimspaces.com and you can fill out my form or, you know, at Trim Spaces on Instagram. Um, And I do have a style quiz, which is also a good place to start if you're not sure on colors and stuff like that. It'll help you kind of get started figuring out which direction to go. So that's on my homepage if you feel like taking a quiz. (laughs) Yep. I feel like I'm going to be heading over there and doing that pretty soon. (laughs) Good. And I'll make sure that all of the links are in the show notes so people can easily access that as well. But thank you so much again for coming on today. You're welcome. Thank you, Jill. I want to thank you so much for tuning into the Grow Like a Mother podcast this week. You can find more great tips, motivation, inspiration, and community on Instagram and Facebook at Grow Like a Mother on both platforms. And if you enjoyed today's show and wish that you had found it sooner, I invite you to leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening. Doing so really helps promote the show to other moms just like you who want to grow and level up in their lives. And if you want to stay connected by email, I invite you to sign up for the email list by visiting the website, which is www.livingwithheart.ca, or diving into the free five-part video series that I recorded just for you. You can find all of the links and the details in the show notes. Until next week, keep on growing like a mother.